0: Welcome to our Sunday Bhagavatam class, Um, and it is March 15th, 2020, still in Coronado, California. So we'll begin now. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So uh, we begin today. Um I have it here. <laughs> I did have it here. Oh my god, where'd it go? Oh there it is. Um Bhagavatam, 1.5.28, First Canto, Chapter 5, Text 28. It's still, uh, Nardamuni Muni uh, describing his own life, how he came to Krishna Consciousness. That's a popular topic among devotees. How did I come to Krishna Consciousness? How did I join the movement? So Nardamuni is explaining how he joined the Hare Krishna movement. So he says at 1528, itang sharat. Prabhashikav two Harir Vishnibhato Mayanu Savam Just Show Him Along Sankhirti Manam Munivir Mahatnavir Bhakti Prabritatma Rajasthamo Bhaha. So he has been describing how he's hearing from the sages, how he took their uh, the remnants of their food, he took their prasadam. And then he says, Etham, Thus, there's all these things are going on. Sharat harir. That um, two seasons passed. Of course, the sages stopped for the rainy season, which is prah the rainy season. There's sort of, uh, it's interesting, not given in chronological order, but uh, given an order from Narda's child narda's point of view that it is now the autumn so the autumn has come so this the rainy season passed and now it's the autumn ritu means these two seasons and so the sages are uh, they're going to leave because they stopped for the rainy season the fact that it's sharat and they're still there also is interesting because if they just stayed for the rainy season why are they still there in autumn sharat means autumn um, so, uh, it indicates that the sages were, didn't just rush out, like they looked out, they looked out the window and said, hey, the rain stopped, let's get out of here. I mean, they obviously knew that Narda was this extremely precocious child, spiritually very precocious, very intelligent also, precocious in all ways, and that he had become a, an advanced Vaishnava, and so it's Sharat, the autumn, because you have the rainy season, then the autumn, and the sages are are still there. Doesn't mean they necessarily stayed the entire season, but they're definitely still there because Ritu uh, means the two seasons. So they they didn't just rush out when the rain stopped. They are they understand that Nardamuni is a very special soul. So Narada says, Harer vishin vito me. Anusavang, just show So, and of me, he's talking about himself. I was listening, vishin vito. would mean listening. Vishin means he's really paying attention, he's really focused. And uh, he's hearing, just show him the spotless glories of Hari. So he's listening to the spotless glories of Hari, anusavam, constantly. These glories, which are sankirtiamanam. You know Sankirtanam means uh, people coming together and glorifying the Lord. So here's Manam. It means these spotless glories of Hari, which were being chanted or, or narrated they were beings passive, passive uh present participle, the glory, the glory of the Lord that was being uh taught or uh uh was being presented by the sages, Munibir, Mahatma beer by those sages who were great souls, and so When I was listening like that, constantly listening to those spotless glories that were being uh, given by the sages, then in me bhakti, devotion, real bhakti, bhakti began, bhakti just began to flow in me. And that bhakti, uh, appaha, it drove away, literally it drove away, it destroyed all of the passion and ignorance in me. So I think it's fair to say that Narda had very little passion and ignorance, especially if we look at <clears throat> his own description of what kind of a child he was. It's You don't really detect any passion or ignorance. He was a very uh, pure child still. Um He's teaching, the whole point is that Narada is teaching Vyasa, he's teaching us, he's speaking the Bhagavatam, and so that is the symptom that your devotion is becoming very strong, that this, that the passion and ignorance within us, it's driven away uh, by devotion. Tamopaha refers to the bhakti, the bhakti drove away this good, this uh, passion and ignorance. So, uh, the more we increase our bhakti, the more it just drives away these lower qualities. And then we start to find out what real life is, what peace is, what real happiness is. So, the next verse, Narada says, tasyaivam meenud tasya, tasya. Hataina saha. Actually, uh this verse 29, in order to form a complete Sanskrit sentence, you have to you have to also read the next verse 30. Uh probably doesn't separate them, but still. Uh so we'll translate this one first. Uh, technically it forms one complete sentence with the next verse. But so of me, Tasya, tasyaiva made thus of that person me uh, the sort of way of speaking in Sanskrit anuraktasya who was continuously attached to those sages tasya, submissive Prabhupada translates that here obediently submissive and Hatainasaha, uh, my all my sinful reactions were destroyed Again, I don't think Narda had a lot of sinful reactions, but still, he's describing, basically, how a soul is liberated. My sins were all finished. And I was uh, faithful, but actually this is a, in Sanskrit, sense, means faith, Shadha is, technically in Sanskrit, a present participle of me, who was trusting in them. This is an action. Not that in English we would say someone has faith, but in Sanskrit, it's a continuous action. I was having faith. I was continuously believing in them, trusting them. Balasya, and yet I was just a child. Bala. Dantasya, uh, self-controlled. subdued. Prabhupada says subjugated. In other words, danta, which is one of the qualities of Brahmans, means that one has... Subjugated, one has controlled or subdued uh, any material desire. Anuchara Sicha, and strictly following their instructions. So, Anuchara means a follower, one who's following. And so, of me, who, that person who had all these characteristics, all these qualities, what happened? So, we have to go to the next verse Uh, to complete the sentence. So, Gyanam Guhyatamang Jatat, Sakshat Bhagavatoditam, Anvavochan kripaya Kripayadina Vatsala. So, to me, Gyanam Guhyatamang, most confidential knowledge. That, actually, literally it says, that most confidential knowledge which was spoken personally by the Lord. So the sages are faithfully giving Narda most confidential knowledge as the Lord personally spoke it. <clears throat> so, uh they spoke it to me, because in the previous sentence, uh, Narda describes himself to, so unto me. All those characteristics, the sages spoke most confidential knowledge, that which was directly taught by the Lord, which the Lord personally taught, and the word anvavochan, which means anu, means following. So, avochan, they spoke. But anvavochan means that they spoke following, strictly following what the Lord had spoken. So all these things are there embedded in uh, all these little pieces of words in Sanskrit. It's a very very interesting language, most interesting language, actually. So so, uh, if you can tolerate a little bit of Sanskrit grammar here, the way you say in Sanskrit that they were about to leave, they were about to go, they were just about to go, like in Spanish, estaban a punto de salir. So uh, in Sanskrit, you use actually a um, future participle, which so gamishantak literally means uh, uh, they will be going, they will be going. It's the future, they will be going, future participle, but in Sanskrit, what it, what it sounds like, in Sanskrit, what it means is they were about to go, they were about to leave so they were about to leave they were about to go and therefore they just gave him everything they not of course they've been teaching him for some time or, or what's interesting here is that up to now the sages are just speaking they're in a sense they're they're speaking among themselves and they are mercifully allowing narda to sit in narda muni is sitting there listening to what the sages are saying. They're allowing him to be to attend their own discussions. But now they're about to leave. And so they just, okay, kid, you know, you're really a good devotee. And they just they tell him everything. He's not just listening to them talk among themselves. They're personally just telling him everything because they're about to leave. So gyanam guyatamanga sakshat Gamishantak. So they were about to leave, they then taught me everything that the taught me what the Lord had personally taught, this most confidential knowledge, Kripaya, out of mercy. They did it out of mercy because obviously these are advanced Vaishnavas. They see this five-year-old boy who's just a, an amazing devotee, he has all good qualities. So of course, they just their mercy is pouring out over Narda. And Narda, very humbly, he's been all along, he's sort of been describing himself very humbly, like, I became free of passion and ignorance, as if, you know, he had passion and ignorance. You don't really see it in his self description And now, he says, they were dina vatsala. They were very compassionate uh, to, he says, Prabhupada says, those who are very kind to the poor and meek. So Narada, of course, was not really in, in anything like a wretched state. He was very, he was... Basically, a pure devotee here, and he's and in the near future, he's actually going to see Krishna face to face. But he describes himself as Dina for a person, uh, someone suffering, uh, you know, needy person. So, Dina uh, the word Vatsala is interesting, like Bhakta Vatsala, uh, which uh, because Vatsa in Sanskrit means a calf, a calf, and um. So, because a cow is so affectionate to her calf, uh, so the word from the word vatsa, you have the word vatsala, which means sort of tender affection of a parent for a child, and therefore you have, of course, vatsala yerasa. But it all comes from the word vatsa, which means a calf. And because also, another interesting thing, interesting thing because it shows you how much they were sort of cow conscious, because cows. Uh, give uh, they they give birth to a calf once per year. So from the word vatsa vatsara, or some vatsara means a year. That's how you say a year, like one one calving uh, uh, vatsara means a year in Sanskrit. So uh, they're about to leave. They've given him all this confidential knowledge which the Lord personally spoke. So now the sages are gone at this point. They've left. And so Narda says, Jaina, they gave me that knowledge by which, Vasudevasya So they gave me that knowledge by which, or the teaching by which, I uh, understood Avidam. This is the like veda and so avidam simply means I knew or I understood I understood mayanubhavam the influence, the, 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 the power of maya Prabhupada translates it influence uh, the power of maya which belongs to the lord Vasudev who is uh, the great creator the wise one uh, vedasa so that knowledge by which I understood the influence of his energy, Mayanubhav, which can here mean his illusory energy or just his power, his mystic power. So I understood that, how the Lord's mystic potencies work, which is a, a big realization. And so by that, by that understanding, gachanti, they go Tatpadam to the Lord's feet, in other words, or to the Lord's abode. So in Sanskrit, as in English actually, as in many languages, if you just say, they do something, that means sort of the relevant people by which they go. So, uh, by which they go to the Lord's abode, the Lord's feet. Just like it's common in Sanskrit to say, ahur, they say. Like, who says? Well, people that know. So they say that it gets warm in the summer here. or. Uh, they go. In other words, the people who understand this like I understood it. So it's in a sense, it's a way in saying of saying in Sanskrit, one, like one goes to the lord's abode to the Lord's feet by understanding this. So this is potent knowledge. This is not like you know <laughs> academic knowledge. I mean, there there was one uh, famous philosopher won't mention his name very famous, one of the most famous philosophers in the last say 50 years. And, and now he has with the whole hashtag MeToo movement, some women are complaining that, that he sexually harassed them. So he was this big sophisticated uh, philosopher that uh, basically atheist, uh, didn't believe in a soul and but was a great thinker who had other thoughts like sexually abusing young ladies, his students. So. Uh, so this is knowledge, which is actually powerful. This knowledge packs a punch, so to speak. This knowledge takes you all the way back to Godhead. It's not just like theoretical knowledge that does not transform you spiritually. So maybe, uh, let's see, we've done uh, we've done four verses. I think you're getting your money's worth, whatever it costs you, and electricity to watch this. Um. So then we'll maybe do one more verse and then go to the questions. Etatsang suchitang brahmans O Brahmana. Again, Narda speaking to Vyas. O Brahmana.
1: And it's very interesting.
0: Actually, this is something I've never commented on. It's generally not commented on, but it's very interesting because one of the ways you can say O Brahmana in Sanskrit is just calling someone Brahman, which also, of course, is the word for the absolute. Brahman and of course the word brahmana comes from the word brahman brahma jana brahmana one is called brahmana because that person knows brahman so of course it's translated oh brahmana vyasa brahman but it really means oh spiritual being oh spiritual being or is addressing someone not according to their identity in this world, based on their body, or whatever, but just calling someone, "oh, spiritual being. And But then, of course, it's translated here as O Brahman," But technically, he's calling him Brahman, which can be used to refer to a Brahman. So, Eta, sang this has been, Prabhupada says, decided by the learned sangsuchitam It means indicated, pointed out, like, uh, fully pointed out, fully explained, uh, or properly or perfectly pointed out, etatsang suci tang Bramangs, tapa tray that the the remedy, like a medical cure, Prabhupada says remedial, which of course is from the word remedy, the remedial measures, the, the remedy for The threefold miseries, miseries caused because we drive ourselves crazy and uh, because our bodies are subject to miseries, and that's, of course, Jatmika Klesha. And then, of course, other people bother us in various ways. We know that, and and they're just natural problems. So, the word chikitsitam is interesting. It actually comes from the verb chit, from which you get the word chit, which means consciousness, like such ananda And so chikitsitam literally means sort of something which brings people back to consciousness. When you're, su- when you're sick, then you suffer and and, and you know, we feel pain and we feel weakness and just, yeah, we just feel bad. And so, something which brings you back, in a sense, to your real consciousness, your happy consciousness, is jikitsitam. But it means, in, and therefore it means in Sanskrit, a remedy, a medical cure, or Prabhupada says, irremedial remedial measures. So, there is a cure for our threefold miseries. We are suffering in various ways, to the, especially to the extent that we are not Krishna conscious, uh, with our own body and mind, with other people we all know that, and just things that happen in nature, heat and cold and all kinds of problems, earthquakes. And uh, plagues, you could say, you could say a plague is caused by other people, like little germs or other people infecting you, but still, there's a lot of trouble in this world. But there is a cure for all of this. All of these sufferings can be removed. You can actually be perfectly happy so what is that remedy jairishwarei bhagavati karma brahmani bhavitam that you dedicate everything you do to the lord who is the absolute truth ishwarei bhagavati bhagavati the person the lord who is the supreme person Krishna. Ishvade, Bhagavati, Karma, Brahmani, Bhavitam. The word dedicated, Bhavitam, is very interesting. Uh, I'll do this very quickly. It's like when you you rip off a band-aid or something. You do it quickly so it doesn't hurt. So I'll go through the Sanskrit grammar very quickly so it won't hurt you too much. Um, Bhavitam is actually the uh, uh, past passive causative participle of the verb to be. And so, literally, bhavitam means uh, which has caused something that which has been caused to be caused to exist in a certain way. And so, here we're talking about your our karma, what we do, our actions. And so, our actions are made to exist in the Lord. I mean, that's literally caused to exist in the Lord because it's just what Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, where he says. Dedicate all your activities to me, you know, place all your active do them for me. And so, this is a locative form, which means it talks about location. The word Bhavi, uh, uh, Brahman, Ishwari, Ishware. So what it means is, like Krishna says, he says sannyasya. You know the word sannyasa, someone who is renounced, hopefully. So, uh, sannyasi. And then sannyasa means renunciation, but the word sannyasa uh actually it doesn't just mean literally renunciation. Which there is a word which just means to reject something, just get rid of it. And that is the word tyaga, tyaga. Or just give something away, tyaga. Like Krishna says, uh Sarvadharman Parityaja, same word parityaja, tyaga, which means just uh, give up uh, all other dharmas as shelter. Anyway, I won't, that, that's another, for another day, we'll explain that first more technically. Sarva Dharma and But But the word sannyasa is actually a composition, it's composed of three elements. There's some, which means completely, as in, or together, like Sankirtan, right? So, some, because it means together. To get sankirtan means together kirtan, you do it together with other people. So in that sense, it can also mean perfectly or completely. In other words, everything is together. There's nothing missing, nothing left out. It's it's complete. So therefore, it, it it's, it's perfect. So there, you have the word sung, and then ni ni in Sanskrit is a prefix meaning uh, within. Or or and then uh, asa asa means to place to place something and uh, like asana is just the place where you sit you when you sit somewhere that's where you are so sunyasa means to really put something where it's supposed to be. And so, because everything belongs to Krishna, we belong to Krishna, the proper place to put everything uh, is in Krishna, our activities. So, the verb Krishna says, You should be devoted to me and placing all uh, of your actions in me. because That's where they belong. So, what does it mean to put your actions in Krishna. I mean, an action is not like a, like, you know, some physical object, like a, uh, say, like an apple. You can actually put an apple in your refrigerator or you can put it in someone's hand. So what does it mean to place actions in Krishna? Uh, It means to dedicate them to Krishna. To dedicate them to Krishna. And so a sannyasi is not someone who rejects the world, it's someone who puts everything where it's supposed to be by offering their life to Krishna, their actions, food of course. And so if you do that, then in in a higher sense, uh, you are a sannyasi, whatever your social position may be. It doesn't mean that, you know, uh, as soon as my class is over, you leave your family. It just means family, house, everything, actions, We place everything in Krishna, by dedicating those actions to Krishna. Because as we know, as Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita 424, that when we do this, Brahmārpanam when you offer everything to the Absolute to Krishna, then it it takes on the same spiritual nature, because by dedicating things to Krishna, uh, Krishna accepts it, and then the whole atmosphere, the whole quality of that action you're performing, um, takes on the same nature as Krishna. So it's literally the action is being absorbed into Krishna's own nature, Krishna's own existence. And so, hence, the last word in this verse, bhavitam, means that your action, uh, or Narada says here, one's action, karma, one's actions, are made to exist in Krishna, in the Lord, Krishna, in the absolute truth so it's very interesting sanskrit bhavitam and of course Prabhupada just translates this as dedicated so there's a lot going on here uh in this amazing language that krishna has given us anyway so that's 1532 uh, next week if uh if the world still exists we will hopefully and we still exist in this world hopefully we'll do one 533 So now we're going to look at, see if there are questions. I think there are some questions. Uh, So what do you think about COVID-19? Well, I think thanks, but no thanks. We should obviously do everything we can to protect our bodies. And by doing that, protect our devotional service. taking all the proper health measures. <laughs> um, ultimately, we're in Krishna's hands. And so, when Krishna says, uh, go to the Lord alone for shelter, we take shelter, you know, first of all, by doing our duty. The first shelter is doing your duty. So, since our body belongs to Krishna, and it's He just loaned it to us, you know, we don't actually own it. Obviously, we should do everything reasonable and necessary to keep ourselves and everyone else healthy, especially those we care about, but everyone, because by not, you know, don't go out in the street and just start you know, embracing everyone in Krishna consciousness because you're not supposed to do that. So yes, um, I don't think we should be worried or in anxiety because we're in Krishna's hands and Krishna will protect us, and everything will happen exactly as it should happen, for, for our eternal benefit. There's no question of material anxiety at the same time we do our duty, and protect ourselves properly, and we protect other people uh, over whom we have some influence. One spiritual master said in ISKCON, that's an interesting way to start the question. One spiritual master said in ISKCON, we could be sitting next to Narnamudi. We don't know. Your thoughts on that, please. Uh, it's certainly possible. Great souls certainly can disguise themselves. We know that Shuka, Dave Goswami did that. Not that we can imitate him. You know, He basically convinced the uninformed public that uh, he was just some crazy young guy. But um, as soon as, what's interesting though, as soon as he came into the assembly, as soon as he came into the assembly uh, of sages who were there to give association to Parikshit Maharaj, they recognized him. Like the really intelligent people, the Krishna conscious people, they immediately understood that this is a very great personality. So that idea that we don't know who's next to us, it's um, it's sort of a Vedic strategy to get us to respect everyone. Like, for example, there's there's this well-known teaching in Vedic culture that that someone just comes to your door, some guest, especially maybe someone you don't know, or they may not look like a very high-class person, but it could be Narayan. It could be the Lord testing you. So householders were trained in that way. Every time someone comes to your door, ask for a little reasonable amount of charity. Uh, Don't be contemptuous. Don't be arrogant. Don't drive them away. Don't be rude because it may be Krishna or the demigods testing you. And if you don't receive them nicely, you may end up sleeping in the park. You may lose everything. So the same way, saying that Narada could be sitting next to us, the idea here is that respect the people who are sitting next to you. So uh, how did this amazing Srimad Bhagavatam get rid of the interpolation suffered by the Mahabharata? Well, in the Chaitanya Bhagavat, uh, Lord Chaitanya explained to Devananda Pandit that the Bhagavatam is like sun in the sense that the sun as Prabhupada said is always rising and setting different places so the sun sets we believe that or not we believe actually we don't believe but it looks like the sun is no longer present but the sun is still in the sky it's just uh, on the other side of the earth so in the same way the bhagavatam is always it always exists but sometimes it is not visible to us, and so if you look at history, what Lord Chaitanya told David on the pond, it exactly matches what you could say mundane scholarship would say about the Bhagavatam, and that is, it we we can't trace it, you know, back five thousand years in the sense that let's say uh, let's say three thousand years ago someone wrote a book and quoted the Bhagavatam or mentioned the Bhagavatam or, you know, did an engraving or something, but the Bhagavatam appears and disappears, Lord Chaitanya said, like the sun. So before Lord Chaitanya came, he prepared everything. If you look at Krishna Leela, that's what I'm working on right now in the Mahabharata, actually going back four generations, especially, starting with uh, Upare Charavasu, and then his daughter, Satyavati, who gives birth to Vyaste, the avatars are coming, And so if you look at Krishna's avatars, his appearances in this world, and of course it's the appearance of Krishna and Lord Chaitanya about which we have most information, but uh, actually about Krishna we have most information about the lead-up, how Krishna prepared his descent into this world. And so... uh, In the same way, uh, the Bhagavatam, you could say, reappearing in the world, uh, is a big part of the preparation for Lord Chaitanya coming. So because before Krishna appeared, Krishna appeared in a Kshatriya family, uh, and then he was raised, of course, in Vrindavan, but he was born in a Kshatriya family. Therefore, the preparation for Krishna's coming involved these, dynastic appearances, different people taking birth in different royal dynasties. And the world is prepared not only by devotees taking birth, like Krishna's own parents and Kunti and Pandu and so on, but also by Asuras taking birth because, you know, otherwise there wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a game unless the other team shows up. And so Krishna wanted to display these pastimes of protecting the world and therefore all kinds of Asuras and Devas, godly persons, start taking birth and the ones who directly influence the world or directly kind of shape the world into which Krishna is going to take birth, uh, that begins four generations before Krishna. And so before Lord Chaitanya comes, he doesn't want to just come into a world where no one understands anything. And so before Lord Chaitanya appears, uh, he sends the Bhagavatam again and Vaishnavism starts reviving all around Varsha. And that's of course, and that's recorded by extraordinary history in South India. And Lord Chaitanya is going to travel in South India. He's going to make a lot of devotees in South India. And South India is prepared by different Vaishnav acharyas appearing there, like King Kula and, and others. And the Alvars in, in Southeast India, uh, Tamil Nadu. And even in, uh, so all kinds of things are happening. All kinds of things are happening. Remember that when Krishna, when Lord Chaitanya, even in navadvipa began to chant Hare Krishna, people, you know, people react in different ways, but at least everyone knew what he was doing. Everyone knew who Krishna was. And so, uh, bringing or, or the Bhagavatam reappearing like the sun rising in Bharadvarsha is part of the preparation for Lord Chaitanya to come. And so, therefore, because it is a key part of Lord Chaitanya's strategy for saving this planet, he protected the Bhagavatam in various ways, historical ways, and we have it now. So that's a brief explanation. So one more question. What message to the world, what message is the coronavirus situation bringing to the world? It's basically bringing the message of Bhagavad Gita to the world where Krishna talks about this world as ducalium, a miserable place. He's reminding everyone of this simple fact of their own mortality. Uh, people nowadays, to put it mildly, are extremely distracted uh, from spiritual knowledge. They think they're too good to join a spiritual organization because it's the age of narcissism, it's the narcissism yuga. And everyone thinks that they are, you know, I'm my own guru. You know, I maybe learned from this or that person, but ultimately no one can explain it like me. So in this narcissistic age, uh, uh, it's just the coronavirus, it's a a reality check coming from Krishna. Like, wake up everybody. You're not God. You're not immortal in your body. You are immortal, but your body isn't. And uh, so it's Krishna kind of, you know, tapping people on the shoulder. So, uh, thank you all very much. Uh, And uh, there are no more questions, so we look forward to uh, doing this again next Sunday, by Krishna's mercy, Prabhupada's mercy. So, I just have to find, got all these folders open, I just have to find the Facebook thing so I can end the class. Okay, I found it. Hare Krishna.